0: Welcome to the Beyond Rich Podcast, where we talk about all of those turning point moments that changed everything and the mindset it took to get there. Hey guys, welcome back to the Beyond Rich Podcast. I am Natalie Lemus-Hernandez, your host. Today is millionaire sales secrets. I love sharing all the secrets that are going to help you get rich. <laughs> Basically, this episode goes into the mindset you need to have when selling, how to cold call. I literally give you scripts on what to say on calls, and I tell you all about follow-up, how important it is and how to follow up without saying, "Hey, just circling back. Hey, just checking in." Leading with value so that you can actually convert prospects into paying customers. Enjoy. All right. Talking about sales follow-ups. So here's the deal. Everything that you need to know about scaling to six figures and beyond is gonna be in this podcast. (laughs) No, just kidding. No, actually kind of, because it really does all come down to one thing and it's sales, 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 sales. You can have the best product ever, the best service, the best client experience, the best processes the most amazing customer service experience. But if you don't have one thing, and that one thing is sales, your business will fail. A CEO needs to be spending 90% of their time on sales. What is sales? Sales is everything that leads up to having an in-person one-on-one or you know, DM conversation with your ideal client, with someone that is ready, willing, and able to buy from you. And I want to start this by just sharing a little bit of a story. So when I started really, really focusing on sales for the property management side of our business. Before that, I spent most of my time on brokerage sales. But then I decided, you know, I'm going to really go all in on this property management thing because of the reoccurring revenue. I really loved that. And I just loved the idea that it could be a business rather than brokerage. Is You can make a lot of money. However, it is difficult to create a business out of it unless you want to manage agents and all of those things. And that just wasn't part of my vision. So I would say my and Ugo and I, because we talked about it, like, what kind of life do we want? And that's kind of where we started. So anyways, I started making cold calls. Literally, that's how I began was cold calls. And I had to do tons of research looking for um, apartment owners, phone numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And I learned a couple things from colds. Like, we're talking cold call. Like, they don't know you. They've never heard from you. They don't follow you on Instagram. They're not on your email list. Like, nothing. They're like, wait, who is this? Why are you calling me? So the first thing that I learned about cold calling is provide value quickly. That's the first rule of cold calling. Provide value quickly because you only really have about 10 to 30 seconds to really grab their attention. And the second rule of effective cold calling is be real. I'm sure you've had an experience where you get a cold call and the person is like, Hi, this is Natalie with Commercial Northwest, and I'm calling you today because, you know, there are property owners in your area, and it just sounds like a robot, and you hang up or you're caught off guard, you're turned off, you know, you're like, Who are you? Like, you're bothering me. So I would approach my cold calls in a very, very friendly tone, almost like I was calling a long lost best friend, even though they had no idea who I was. And I would just state the obvious. You know, I don't know you. You don't know me. However, I am Natalie Lemus, the owner of Commercial Northwest. We're a property management company. We manage similar assets to X, Y, and Z, to Rosewood, to Pines, to Maple Grove. Like I would just insert their property address. And I would say there's a lot of new, interesting market dynamics that are happening that I'd love to share with you. And that was really my intro. It's just like, I have value. I know the market. And I'm going to share some things with you. Are you interested? I wouldn't say, are you interested? Because never, never ask, are you interested? The other, the other rule for cold calling is never ask, is this a good time? Never. Ask, is this a good time? Because it's never a good time. It's a cold call. Who's like, oh, this is a perfect time for a cold call. Thank you so much for calling me. You really appreciate it. I've been wondering when you were going to call. Absolutely not. So deliver value quickly, be a real human, state the obvious. You know, hi, this is Natalie. I know you don't know me. I don't know you. However, I'm the owner of Commercial Northwest Property Management. We manage properties very close to the Pines Apartments. And there's a lot of new developments in the area and in the market that I'd love to share with you. And then usually I got really friendly people because they're like, hey, she's real. You know, she's not robotic. And she's going to share with me some interesting things. So I would just, you know, start in with some actual interesting data about where rents are going, where vacancy is, and providing value. So, you know, for you and your business, you're going to have to think about what that is, you know, specific to trends in your industry, et cetera, et cetera. Before I move on to the other pillar of sales called follow up, I want to tell you a little story. So, when I first started, you know, I would just hammer away on the phones and I would just make phone call after phone call after phone call. And it was just so much rejection. Like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Cause you need to have an ask also at the end. So, usually my ask was one or two things. I would kind of see, the buying signs and catch the vibe, right? So it would either be, can I add you to our mailing list or newsletter, right? To keep you up to date on happenings in the market. And so then I would be able to get their email. And so then I would be able to continue email marketing them. Or I would say, you know, I'm really glad we had this conversation. I loved, you know, chatting with you and catching up about the market. I would obviously ask them, what do you see? What are the trends that you're seeing? You know, make it a collaborative. You want to make it a conversation where you're not just talking at them. But you're having a conversation, you know, like as you would over coffee or cocktails or over dinner with someone that feels like a long lost friend. Then I would say, hey, I'd love to keep in touch. We send out a monthly newsletter with the market happenings. Can I, you know, I wouldn't say can I? I? I'm like, oh my gosh, no. As I'm saying this, I'm like, it's been a while since i cold called call. So I'm like getting brushed up as I'm teaching you this at the same time. I would tell them I would love to keep in touch and keep you up to date with what's happening in the market. What's your email? And I can put you on our newsletter. and also, if you're looking to buy, I can give you you know information as I see properties coming up in the market, right? Don't ask, "Can I have your email?" Because that also feels like, mm, no. That's an easy way for them to say, "No, you can't have my email. But if you just say, "What is your email?" That's a way more powerful language. You know, what is your email? What is the best time I can call you back? Not can I call you back? So stop asking for permission. Literally assume that they're going to work with you. That is another mindset you've got to have to win. So assume they're going to work with you. I want to tell a little story before I move on to my next thing. I was just hammering away on the phones, calling calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and just dealing with a lot of you know, rejection and, and different things early on when I didn't really have my script down, wasn't really sure what I was saying, you know, I was kind of fumbling through it and learning on my clients, which is not the best way to learn. But you know, hey, we all start somewhere. And I had a coach at the time. And I was just telling her it had been like six months of this of like cold calling and like no results and no results. And I hadn't signed any management agreements. You know, i had some good conversations here and there, but just no actual results. And she said to me, she was like, hey, well, here's the deal. This is where most people quit. So you want to quit? Or how determined are you to see your vision come to pass? So I'm going to ask you the same question. How determined are you to see your vision come to pass? Right? Because really, it's all about not giving up. The entire game of entrepreneurship is about doing the activities long enough for the results to show up. You have to stay in the game to see the results show up. And that's the thing, most people quit before they see the results come through. Did you know that when corporations hire a salesperson within their company, it takes them approximately six months before they see any return on that salesperson. So they're investing six months of salary to get any return on that salary because sales takes time. It takes planting seeds after seeds, after seeds, follow up staying in the game, et cetera, et cetera. And most people just don't have enough grit. They don't have enough determination. They're not hungry enough and they get discouraged. Encouragement is oxygen for the entrepreneur. And so if you're looking on the outside for encouragement, meaning results and you're early on and you don't have that momentum, it's gonna be easy to wanna quit. You have to find an internal reservoir (laughs) of encouragement. Because let me tell you, there's been a lot of times that I've wanted external encouragement, whether that's from, you know, the people closest to me, my family. And sometimes they'll, they'll come through with some great encouragement and sometimes they won't, right? And so it's like, that's why I really believe entrepreneurship is such a spiritual journey because where are you getting that encouragement from? That is the oxygen required to keep moving forward. So let me move on to the next thing and it's follow up. So, most people, they're okay to do one reach out, right? Like they'll call or whatever, or they'll send one email or they'll send one DM or whatever, but only 2% of sales are made after the first contact. 3% are made after the second contact, 5% after the third contact, 10% after the fourth contact, and 80% of sales are made. Between the 5th to the 12th contact, how many contacts are you making to the same person about your product, your service? So you see why. I mean, in venture capital world, like they don't even expect entrepreneurs to turn a profit for three years. Do you get that? And you've been in the business three months and you're expecting like six figures because the market we've been in has been easy, right? Things are changing. So you're going to have to be more grittier. And, and I think hearing this to me doesn't discourage me. It actually recalibrates my expectations so that I can win in my mindset, right? If I'm expecting to make one phone call and have this amazing response and get somebody to go out and want to, you know, list with me or want to buy my service or product and they don't, then I'm devastated, But if I can understand that stats are stats and facts are facts and 80% of sales happen between the fifth to the 12th contact, then my expectations are recalibrated and I'm not as hard on myself and my mindset is better. And I'm just like, well, I'm one contact closer to the close, right? There's contacts that I've been talking to and Connie from my company has been talking to for the past 20 months, you know, probably 10 contacts right? And we still haven't closed them yet, but we will because you're planting seeds and you have to continuously water those seeds with value. One thing that is also another massive pillar, well, also story time. So I think I've said this before, but I followed up with a contact for three years, three years. And then she finally, one day she said, okay, I'm ready. And I want to hire you. And she was our highest paying client for a really long time. And it just really showed me that follow-up is so, so, so crucial. And the sad thing is, is that 44% of salespeople give up after just one attempt. Only 8% of salespeople follow up more than five times. Only 8%, you guys. And that is why there is such a gap. Between people who are in the 1% club, right? I, I just saw this thing that said if you make over $600,000 a year in household income, you are in the 2% earners of all the earners in the United States. So, anyways, like it's just that most people don't do the extraordinary, right? Most people are giving up after one attempt because their mindset isn't calibrated for success. So don't be like most people, okay? You're not because you're listening to this. You've got this, okay? Follow up. Feed your mindset continuously with encouragement. The other thing too is just an interesting thing to think about. They've done studies and the studies basically show that at any given time, only 3% of your market is actively buying. 56% are not ready and 40% are poised to begin. And by following up, you're gonna be there when your prospect is ready to buy. That's really the thing. It's all about timing. Every time they say no, every time they say no, 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 it's just one no closer to a yes. And I know that sounds like cliche, but really what it is, is they're saying not right now. They're saying the timing is off. There's a myriad of different reasons why the answer is no right now. If you don't follow up, you'll never get to a yes. You'll never get to a yes. So how do you follow up? So you have to know how to follow up because it's awkward, right, to not have a strategy for follow up. And you're like, hi, just reaching out again. Just checking in. Just checking in. Just reaching out. Just reaching out. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, we got to think of something different to say. So after your call ends, right, you must have the next call scheduled. That way it's not awkward because you already said. So example, I call my client or my prospect. I I tell them, hey, I know you don't know me and I don't know you. However, we manage property nearby. And, you know, uh, I'd love to just chat with you about some market trends we're seeing or, you know, I'm calling you because there's some really interesting developments happening in our neighborhood and I thought you should know about them. Just i am here to keep you informed as a resource. Oh, you, you will love your property manager. Oh, great. We'd love to be a second choice. I'd always say that. We'd love to be a second choice in case anything ever goes wrong or there's ever a disaster, you know, and they end up retiring or whatever. We just want to be a second choice. You know, everybody needs to have a Rolodex second option. So, you know, I'd also love to keep in touch with you. What's your email? We'll add you to this. So you're seeing how the conversation is going. Then when the conversation is closing up, I'm saying this Hey, I'd love to keep in touch. Would it be okay if I call you? Because this one you do need permission for because most of the call you're adding value and you're building rapport. And so by the time you've added all this value and really positioned yourself as like, wow, Natalie really knows what's going on in the market. Like I need her. I need to be in contact with her. Then you're saying, you know, hey, I would love to keep in contact with you, you know, maybe on a quarterly basis. Can I just give you a call next quarter? Or you can be bold and just be like, hey, next quarter, I'm going to give you a call. You know, I just have a couple of people I like to keep in contact with on a quarterly basis to let them know what's going on in the market, any changes, ETC. And they're like, yeah, that'd be fine. And then, you know, send them an email, summarize the call, explain what will happen on the next call, saying next call, you know, I'd love to share with you marketing trends or something. You always come with value, right? And then send them a calendar and fight for your next call. That way, you're not, first of all, it's an accountability piece for you, right? Because it's on your calendar. So in three and a half months or whatever, you're going to see that pop up on your calendar and you're going to give them a call at that time. And so then you just continuously do that until finally they become your client and then you never talk to him again. Just kidding. <laughs> and then you have to continue. And then you have to hire a customer service department to take care of them when they're your client. And and it gets really, really, really overwhelming when you are the one-stop shop and you <laughs> somebody's listening right now and they're like, amen, that's where I'm at. Like, I posted this meme the other day that was uh, when you boss babes so hard and you have to deliver on everything that you've sold. And it was hilarious. I watched it like six times. It was this guy dancing so, so fast. And I was like, that is literally entrepreneur life sometimes. So anyways, I trust this was all helpful. I would love a review, share the podcast, screenshot this put this everywhere. Share, share, share. Let's all rise together. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go out, be bold, sell, 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 follow up, follow up, and stay beyond rich. Talk to you later. Bye.